Previously on that Cthulhu John. I uh, noticed there was this weird flower in, in the kid's office. Uh, so what is it? You're talking like a like a magic mushroom? Can you can you tell me what it looks like? It was a purple lotus. The closest place that deals in rare plants that even knew what I was talking about was uh, some place in Delaware. There's flowers by Yuki. He says, "Don't worry, I'm not going to put the APB back on you. I was just threatening there for a little bit. You let me know what you find out." And if you do need some help, you can call me for backup. They might have replaced the chief of police with a... You think that this chief of police is maybe a snake man now? Walter, they're definitely awake. Heather and I may be able to find some answers tonight. What, uh, what's happening tonight? We're talking to a dead guy. It's gonna take Heather, me, and this professor, but she said it'll leave us weak, so maybe you could watch our backs while this all goes down? Seance, come on. Go to the office of Raquel McLeod. She opens a book up, and she starts reading it off. It sounds like a language, but no language that you've heard before. You start to see a tornado of papers start to surround Heather and Walter and Raquel. And then you start to hear something that sounds like... Hello, thanks for joining us for That Cthulhu John, episode 44. We are a real play, Call of Cthulhu podcast. I am George, your keeper of arcane lore. And with me are my friends and investigators, Chad. All aboard! Chuck. Welcome. And Jenny. Close the refrigerator. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck. Good good one. That is a real good one. Terrible reference. Okay, so when we <laughs> when we left off, you were in the office of Dr. Raquel McClown. She had already drawn some symbols on the floor, lit some candles, extinguished them, and did some ritualistic type things. Why was she doing this? So that Walter and Heather could join hands with her and summon the spiritual energy of... Raymond Tooley, the deceased member of the Magus Five, the one who Walter basically took the place of. As you were doing this, Lenny was there for backup, just in case anything went sour. But uh, while you were doing this ritual, you started to see uh, some electrical sparks, balls of electricity, electrical arcs popping up in the air. The wind's whipping around papers and anything that's not nailed down at this point. Anything that's not nailed down and isn't too heavy. (laughs) Um, But it's blowing around. There's this weird smell in the air of sulfur and vinegar. And you hear what sounds like completely anguished shouting, screaming, if you will. Bullshit. I start looking around for speakers and fans. Alright, Lenny's <laughs> looking all around, and then the three of you all see an apparition of a man 
pop up and he looks like it's just his face and he looks like he's in pain and all of you look at this and see this face floating there uh, this blue crackling face uh, full of electricity and uh, everyone give me a sanity roll because this is mind bottling mind bottling bottling mind bottling (laughs) yes Raquel also needs a sanity roll We do it one at a time. Why don't you do yours first, Chuck? <laughs> Why don't I wait till last? Yeah, maybe you should. <laughs> oh, I, I just got the roll that you want. I got a four. God damn it. Ooh. I should have taken, taken your roll. Can we switch? <laughs> no. Cheersies. Um, well, I can't spend shit on it, but it's actually pretty close. Um, I was 10 away at 17. <laughs> well... Whoops. Okay, and uh, does does Walter pass? Yeah, you got a four. And does Heather pass? Yeah, I'm 58. Okay. Walter's so, Lenny, like, oh, you're oh going to lose one. Oh, my God. This is... Uh, uh. He steps back a little bit, or maybe... Uh, you look back at... Pulls back a little bit. You step back there, Walter, and you look over, and you see Lenny. He has His eyes are wide and wild. And 1d6 sanity. It kind of... Fall back on my chair a little bit. That's six sanity. How six? Oh, oh shit! That is six sanity. No way. Lost. Come on. A ghost. Lenny, a, a Lenny, ghost. keep it together. This, this is a why go, you're go, here. Go, 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 ghost. Compared to a mm. Lenny, you have just witnessed something that you know can't be explained away or denied. That ain't real. This triggers in your mind the full understanding of all the horrors that you have witnessed that are not only real, but there are more out there. More than you could possibly imagine. Serpent people, wendigos, little girls being controlled like puppets, the dead <laughs> returning to this world, and something called the dimensional shambler. You feel like you can see it all coming in your head, that it's already too late, that nothing can save you, and it's all too much for your damaged psyche. You scream and run out the door to God knows where. No. Oh, oh shit. Ah. Raquel, as he's running away, Raquel says to you, don't break the circle. I don't. Oh, gosh. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, Lenny, you have gone permanently insane. That means that Leonard Cobb is no longer a playable character. But he may show up as an NPC at some point. <laughs> cool. I hate this game. <laughs> I hate this game. I want to play the bear game. <laughs> She's talking about Honey Heist. One of our bonus content episodes. It was so wholesome and fun. Uh, once, we, once we get done editing it, we'll uh, put that up for our Patreon supporters. But... Um, yeah, Lenny is no longer a playable character. We're going to have to roll something else up for Chuck or do something else. We'll, we'll figure that out. But until then, Chuck, feel free to comment on anything. I'll hang out and watch. Yeah, just hang out for a little bit. <laughs> what is happening? Oh, no. Is this what happens? We all knew it was coming. This okay. is how it happens. Just a ghost? You just sit there and you just watch us play and my best friend in the world is gone now? He wasn't supposed yeah. to last this long. No, nope. he was built to spill. I was surprised with as low sanity as he started with. I am kind of surprised you made it through yeah. a year's worth of gameplay. Yeah, he started with thirty-five luck, thirty sanity. 
There's only ten away, George. That shouldn't be six sanity points. Can't spend luck. So Lenny runs out the door screaming, and and Walter and Heather and Raquel McLeod are still joining hands. Raquel also passed her sanity roll. So you did too, Jenny? You passed your sanity? Mm-hmm. Okay. Lucky bastards. <laughs> so you see this apparition of a head, and it's kind of like fading in and out of focus. All of you can feel within you an uneasiness, a, a quivering throughout your whole body, almost a tremor. Um, now, each of you are going to spend 10 magic points and 10 points of pow. Oh, shit. It's a total of 30 magic points and 30 pow to uh, do this spell and split between three people. Each person is going to lose 10 magic points and 10 points of pow. All right, so you guys are feeling this queasiness, this tremor inside of you. It almost feels like pinpricks, but coming from inside of your skin. Damn. You see the head of Raymond Tooley, and you hear Raquel retort to him, Raymond! Raymond, is that you? And he turns, the, you see the figure of the head turn away from you, Walter. It turns back to Raquel, and it goes, Raquel! And she goes, can you hear us? We need questions answered. He goes, Hear you! We must know how you died. He tries to pull it back together a little bit. All right, and you hear him go, Brightly! One! Sacrifice! death. Careful! Trusted. Flower woman. Raquel starts to faint. Walter and Heather give me a strength roll to hold her up if that's what you want to do. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. Oh, boy. I just need a pass from both of you. 20 strength, not looking good. Here you go. I passed 26. Uh, nah, I'm not going to do it. Okay, so she starts to pass out. Can I ask something as she's passing out? Well, as soon as she passes out, Walter, her hand slips out of yours. And you start to see all of that electricity in the air start to fade. And the, the blue head of Raymond uh, shrinks and goes away. And there's still that lingering smell of uh, vinegar in the air right now. Did you guys all have the foresight to record that? Yeah, I wish we had. Uh, nice. I was wondering if we, if we play what George just said backwards, what would it sound like? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, did he practice saying all that stuff backwards? He's really yeah. dedicated. It was very Twin Peaks. It was good. Very Twin Peaks. Then probably in vain, uh, Walter shouts out, uh, Did Brightly awaken the Ophidians? You don't hear any response. Damn it! Some faint, faint shouting outside in the courtyard as Lenny finally made it outside and he's probably running on his cast. 
Ooh. Oh, yeah, you're oh, still in a cast. He's got to hobble his way out. Eek. Yeah, I didn't think <laughs> about that. Oh, man. Right? <laughs> That's right, Lenny. So, you might be able to catch Lenny. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Walter, grab Raquel. I'm going to go find Lenny. <laughs> I mean, uh, that makes sense to him. So, yeah, he uh, tries to maybe prop her head up or something, make sure she's breathing or something, look around, see if she has any water or something to... Try to give her to drink, maybe? I don't know. Raquel? Raquel, are you okay? I, I think it worked. She she wakes up. She goes, huh? Huh? Is Raymond still here? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Uh, you, you fell over. I think you fainted. He tries to sit her up a little bit. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? My... I must have already been weakened from the last time I tried this. Not summoning Raymond, mind you, but an old friend of mine. Mm. Anyway. Did you do that recently? He looks confused. No, it was it was over a year ago. Ooh. It was someone that I lost, and Raymond, actually, and Tom helped me out. I guess I haven't gained back as much as I thought I had over the past year. And she starts coughing. <coughs> oh, shit. Can you get me some water or something? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, anything you need. And he looks around. Is there anything here? There's no, like, water cooler or anything like that in there. Uh, this is just an office, and all you see is, like, papers on the floor and some books that have been shifted off the shelf. I say, uh, can you stand? I'll, I'll help you to your seat. If you do try to help her up, I'm going to have to ask for a pushed strength roll. Oh, okay. She's, like, that weak. I got you. Yeah, she's like that week. However, Heather, you passed your strength roll so you can help her out. Um, I think I ran out to find Lenny. Okay, mm-hmm. so you ran out to find Lenny. Raquel's still on the floor, and Walter's just kind of leaning over her at this point. Uh, in that case, then he's like, uh, yeah, he uh, shuts the door real quick just to kind of lessen the cause for alarm in the surrounding area, if the guard happened to hear any of that, or... Happen to be alerted and or is not chasing Lenny currently. <laughs> no. As Heather jumps out into the hallway trying to find Lenny, you don't see him around immediately, but you start running down the hall towards the exit. And as you get near the exit, you see Lenny trying to run as fast as he can. He falls through the front door and kind of tumbles. May I roll stealth? I don't know if Lenny wants to be found. No. No, you can't. I can't roll stealth? Oh. Zero control. Man, okay. you are insane. Yeah. I don't think he wants to be found by anybody. He's out of there. He's out of there as fast as he can be, but... True. So he's running as fast as he can, and Heather, you see him trying to run. He seems to be ignoring any sort of pain. However, he can't bend his knee, so he's still kind of like just like a limping run almost. Mm-hmm. And you see him get to the door, and like I said, he stumbles out the door and trips, falls, uh, rolls down the front steps. Damn. Jesus. And uh, as he's on the ground, he starts backing up, backing away, scooching on his butt and using his hands to uh, maneuver himself. And he's just going, no, no, no. Well, that's a problem. I think, Yeah. <laughs> I just keep going towards him, like, Lenny, Lenny, don't, don't leave. Who's your Where snake? The- your snake person there. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, Pretty good, Lenny. I'm not a snake. 
Get away from me. Get away from me. I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are. I don't know who anyone is. It's me. It's Heather. Snake Heather. No one can be trusted. Not even your best friend. Not even your best friend in the whole world? Your last name is Snake Hole. It's a trap. <laughs> Am I close enough to grab him? You are close enough to grab him. I want to just say, like, touch his arm. Like, stop. You're going to hurt your leg. It's me, Okay, Heather. Lenny, what's your brawl? Brawl roll. Oh, yeah. Um, I was going to suggest that he'd probably be lashing out violently. Actually, first, first, uh, Heather, give me a psychology roll. 50. Yikes. No, Heather, give me a psychology roll first. Okay, is triple zeros bad or good? Ooh. Triple zeros is the worst that you can do. Okay. Damn. That's what I thought. You don't see this coming at all. Uh, you have a 50... Lenny, for your brawl? Yeah. Lenny would never hit me. He's my best friend. Right. My damage bonus is 1d4. Yikes. Okay. So 1d3. Yep. Plus 1d4. Heather, Lenny, Lenny's wild-eyed. Completely crazy looking. And uh, when you go to touch him, he grabs your arm and swings at you. He cracks you right in the temple. Oh my god. And he hits you for four hit points. Damn. Okay. You all stacked it, stopped in the slap. Uh, you stumble back, Heather. What do you do now? Um. I love this. Run the other way, I guess. I mean, I'm probably pretty hurt, right? Yeah, that. Uh, how many hit points do you have in total? I had 12. Now I have eight. Okay, that's fine. No major wound. Okay. So, Heather, you run away from Lenny. Lenny continues to run down the street. He stands up best he can, and you see him start to just continue to run away. He runs into traffic. You see cars honking. People going, what the fuck you doing, asshole? Get out of the road. After clearing uh, the campus, you can still see him a little bit in the background there, uh, but... As he goes th off the street, you can see the cars start to honk and uh, break for him. But he makes it across the street, and you lose sight of him. You see, and I break for Lenny bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> Sold soon. No one breaks for Lenny. <laughs> All right. And you see him disappear. What does Heather and Walter do now? Uh, I've run up to Walter. Like I guess I go back to the room, and I'm like, we got to get Lenny. He just... He just punched me right in the face. He's going crazy. He thinks I'm a snake. Walter, you see a big welt on her face. Uh, just uh, just stay here with Raquel for a minute. Um, she needs something to drink. And uh, I'm going to try to pass it off as if nothing's going crazy here. And he quietly slips out the door and closes it behind him. If there's any like papers or mess from the room outside the hall, he kicks those back into the room and tries to make it look like everything's normal from the outside. I say. Be careful. He's crazy. So, uh, Heather, you're in there with Raquel. And, Walter, you're running trying to find Lenny. No. Uh, Actually, he's less concerned with Lenny at the moment and more concerned with Raquel and trying to downplay everything that just happened here for a minute so that he can at least try to get this, uh, you know, the masses situated. The masses being both Jenny, who's... Or Heather, who's just been punched in the head, and Raquel, yeah. who fainted. Okay, well, as you're starting to uh, straighten things up, 
you uh, start to hear some footsteps running. It sounds like they're running down the hallway. And you look up and you see the security guard that let you in. He goes, is everything okay back here? Where's Where's Miss McLeod? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, she was grading some papers and, uh, she, uh, I, I don't know, she, she must have had a fainting spell or something, uh, she's, she seems okay, but she asked for some water, I was gonna get her something, uh, is there a, a vending machine around, or? He goes, uh, well, there's a, there's a water cooler, uh, next to the guard desk, but let me go in there real quick, see what's happening, and he walks, he kind of pushes you aside and walks past you. He comes in and he says, Oh my God, Ms. McLeod, are, are you okay? He sees her on the floor. Yeah, I told you she knocked over some papers when she fainted. They're all over the place, too. Yeah, she's flailing about wild. No, I don't say that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but he does try and to play security it guard goes, And the security guard asks her, he goes, uh, What happened in here? And she goes, Um... You know, I was just grading some papers, and uh, I don't know. I just kind of had a little bit of a break, I guess, and fainted. How long has she been working today, he says to the security guard, to kind of draw some attention. That's a good one. Um, With that one, give me a... Not intimidate. Give me a persuade roll. Twenty-nine will do it. All right, cool. So he goes, "Oh man, I don't, I don't know how long she's been here." He starts scratching his head. She might have been here before even my shift started. And he looks down at her. He goes, "Mr. Cloud, you got to take it easy." And he says, uh, "Yo, go get that water for her. Go get that water for her." And he helps her back up. And he nods and hastily exits to retrieve her something to drink. Okay. Heather, you see this guard help her back up, and she leans against her desk. She's holding her head, and looks like she's sweating. She says, thanks, Darren. Um, we'll be okay. We'll be okay in here. And the security guard says, okay, okay, Miss McLeod. And he leaves the room. Walter, you pass him on the way back. And he tries to play it off a little more. He's like, heck of a night, huh? <laughs> he says kind of nervously says, yeah, it's been a little while since I've seen any action like this around, uh, this time of night anyway. Yeah, she says, well, uh, I'll, I'll make sure she gets home safe. Can I, like, pick her up now? Since, I mean... She's she's already standing up, and she's okay, kind of okay. leaning on the desk. So, she she says to you, oh my god, I don't even remember what happened. We we called Raymond, right? Yeah. Did What did he say? What What did he say? I can't remember. Like a bunch of what sounded like backwards words and something about like not trusting a flower lady. All right. So give me, I'll, I'll, I'll reread it to you guys. Okay. But you got to give me an education roll, which is what you have to roll to remember stuff apparently. Okay. I'm going to need a hard pass from... You or Walter. Okay. No. It's a pass, but not a hard pass. Okay. Can I use points for that? You can. Walter got an extreme pass. A three. Oh, oh, maybe you don't have to use them. Nice. So, Walter, when Raymond was summoned back, 
Okay, it said brightly and then gibberish. Then it says one and then gibberish. Then sacrifice, more gibberish. Essence, gibberish. Death, a scream. Then careful, gibberish. Trusted, more gibberish. Flower woman, gibberish. Key. Now, if I may, um, yeah, please. I did uh, look up all that stuff about the flower at his bookstore when he was working, and I called Yuki. I, th- I believe I probably took the page out of a phone book or something. I forget. No, I guess I got the number and wrote it down somewhere. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he had talked about the flower in the past, and with an extreme pass, I mean, he might. Uh, Walter might know that or remember that. Yeah, definitely. He remembers all about. Uh, yeah, we did all that research on the flowers here. The flower person. Yeah. Yeah, I think you talked about taking a trip there, and I said that I would lie and call there and said I say I have one to see if she bit too. We had like a conversation mm. about that. Mm-hmm. I think it was just kind of a little too out of the way to be important. Just never made it. Mm-hmm. But uh, flower woman gibberish key. <laughs> well, I guess uh, if we can figure out what the heck's going on with Lenny, maybe that trip to Delaware could be in order. Uh, Lenny spoke to the lady, but I mean, if this is the same person that uh, Raymond mentioned, maybe she has a bigger part in all of this than we suspected. Uh, I mean, I thought she was just a rare flower dealer, but what if uh, what if she knows something about the Ophidians, or what if she is an Ophidian? Gosh, shit! This is even worse than I thought. Uh, what what happened with Lenny? He he pauses for a moment and changes his tone. He looks back. Are you okay? Uh, he looks closer at her welt on her head. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty bad. Jeez, my bad. This my is, bad. This is serious. I yeah. It's uh. I don't know. How, I mean, it's fine. This, it's, it's still pretty it's fine. I've had know. my ass kicked before. We just like we have to get that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we have to get him. We have to get that flower. We have to get that key woman or whatever. He didn't mean it. He was just like a little nuts. You know how he gets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, uh, I'm not sure exactly what to do with that. Uh, I don't suppose he looks back to Raquel. Uh, you don't have an ice pack or anything around here, do you? Is there like a little mini fridge in here at all? No, no mini fridge. Uh, but she says there is a vending machine down the down the hallway that has some ice in it. It's one of them, you know, soda machines. Gotcha. Um, well. Uh, what what about you? Um, uh, s- surely I could help you uh, straighten this place up a little bit and maybe make sure you get home tonight? I'm going to go get ice while they're talking. So, Heather, you go over to the vending machine and you put a quarter in there. 
and you see a cup drop down and then ice falls fills up the cup and then soda starts to pour into it okay i let a little bit pour in because i'm probably not quick enough anyway mm-hmm. that'll make the cup colder quicker so i just snatch it out and then okay. put my hand on top and like shake it up because it'll make the cup really cold Okay. Yeah, it will. Yeah, she's a bartender. She knows that shit. And she just puts it on her face. Okay. Puts it on the side of her head in the temple area. And you walk back into Raquel's office and you see her and Walter there. Walter, what are you asking her right now? Uh, Well, I mean, just a little unsure about what his next step should be. His first thought is to help her straighten up some of the mess in this place. And Okay checks with her about uh, if she does actually want to ride home tonight he'll you know make sure she does get there in one piece okay uh she asked you yeah i could use a ride home i think i'm a little too weak to drive right now and he agrees with her um he uh, i guess like quickly grabs up whatever kind of papers he can and tries to stack them up neatly um is uh is this okay to be left here do you have a broom or something i could Actually, what is the marking on the floor made with? Uh, it looks like it's made with, uh, like, a magic marker. Oh. Uh, she got, like, a... Did she, like, preemptively get, like, a little soapy water together with a rag or something? Anticipating her She did not, yeah. Up? Oh, shit. She did, she Can we just yet. move, like, an area rug on top of it? Does she have anything <laughs> like that? There was an area rug there that she had moved. You can nice. put the area rug back on top of it. Cover up her okay. portal. And she says, you know, all the papers and stuff, just put them in a pile, and I'll go through them tomorrow. She says, please, I just need to go home. I'm, I'm not feeling well. Was she, like, reading from anything when she did this? You did not see her read from anything, actually. Damn. I just just wanted to glance at it if it was anything. No, you didn't didn't see her reading from anything. She got magic. Can I, like, glance at her desk real quick, just as Walter's, like, getting her propped up? Give me a spot hidden roll, Heather. Oh, I'm always bad at these. Warm them up. <laughs> <gasps> Thirteen. That's a hard pass. You actually pass. pass a spot hidden. I pass a <laughs> spot hidden. Huzzah! I got a thirteen. Mark which it is off a hard it's pass. It's almost an extreme pass if I had three more points. Okay, a hard pass. Even better. So, Heather, you see. Amongst all these papers that are kind of strewn about, you see something sticking out. It looks like it has some sort of drawing on it. But you pull this book up, and you see it does have the same symbol that was on the floor. And then beside it, it has a bunch of words. It's all in English. Uh, It seems like older English, like medieval English. Mm Mm-hmm. But the, the words looked familiar to you. It sounded like what she was chanting before, uh, except that you realizing now that when she was doing it, like the words were almost slurred together. And you think you may have found what she used. Damn. Do you say anything about that? Do I steal it? Um, 
Well, I mean, yeah. no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna steal another book. That didn't go well. <laughs> that didn't go well last time. No, that wasn't great. Um, maybe I just grab it for her since we're getting in the car together. Okay, so you grab that book and she goes, "Oh, I'm just holding it." Uh, so you hold on to it and she recognizes the book as soon as you pick it up. She goes, "Oh, uh, yeah. Can, do you mind if I have that back, please?" Sure. Um. What what is this book? She says it's a book that contains a lot, a lot of old knowledge. However, this is the one piece of knowledge that seems to be more important than anything else in the book. And you look through it, and it's you're kind of paging through it while she's mm-hmm. talking to you. It looks like it's some weird history uh, that talks about things that existed before man. Um. Do I see, like, the word Carcosa or any of the words that I've heard before? As you're flipping through this, you're kind of, you're not kind of really reading it all. But if you're keeping an eye out for that Carcosa word. um, Yeah, just any of the words that have been. Velusia. Like, that have been read in, yeah, like, in any of the other books that we were going through. In any of Walter's books. It doesn't seem familiar. Okay. Nothing that you see anyway. Just in this cursory look. Doesn't seem familiar to you. But uh, you guys get into Walter's car? Yeah. She can have shotgun so I can keep looking at this book. Okay. So, Heather, you're looking through that book while Walter is driving Professor McLeod home. And the book, it talks a lot about magics and... Things that may or may not have existed, it's kind of weird, a little hard to follow uh, as you're going through it. You know, you're just reading a paragraph here, a paragraph there. Mm-hmm. But the main thing that does stick out is that symbol that she drew on the ground. Other than that, there's not a whole lot of other pictures within this book. The other pictures that you see are mostly, you know, those medieval tapestry kind of paintings. And it looks like people running away from black blobs of some sort. (laughs) Those are the only other pictures that you see. Why is this, like, symbol in here so much? The symbol that you drew on the floor, do you, like... It's only in there once. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, what are these black blobs that all these people are running away from? What is this about? She goes, it's a theoretical being that might have existed in medieval times. However, there's no sort of evidence that it actually did, except for this book that speaks of one small town where darkness came in forms of gelatinous blobs that were always reforming themselves with teeth and eyes. Well, I mean, that's kind of like the books that you guys have. I've never heard of Ophidian's they're only in that book. There's no proof, but there kind of is now. Well, you do have a point there. But as far as I know, this is the last record of these weird black anomalies. Does it mention any deity or anything specific about uh, where they come from? Walter chimes in, seeming a bit interested now. She says, I, I can't remember. I, I've read the book a couple times, but the details of this book, and Heather, you're looking through the book. It's a lot to remember. It's a pretty dense book. She goes, I, 
I can't remember exactly everything from it. I'm, I'm weak right now. I just need to get home. I need to rest. With that in mind, where are we heading to? Oh, you are heading to Center City. Hmm. Not too far from your bookstore, Walter. She lives in Rittenhouse Square. Nice. Gotta love that tenure. And you drop her off, and uh, she goes up to an apartment building, and before she leaves, she's standing there with the car door open. And she says back to you, Heather and Walter, I think it's needless to say that you don't tell anybody about what we did tonight. Do we have an understanding? Yeah, of course. Uh, But what about you? Uh, Are you okay uh, getting back from here? Uh, I mean, we can walk you up, or one of us can. uh, Make sure you get there. Make sure everything's okay. She goes, no, I don't need any help. I'll be fine. There's an elevator to take. I don't need to even go up steps. It was nice to see Raymond again, but I didn't like to see him so tortured. And she stands there for a second and looks down at the ground and looks back up to you guys and goes, well... I just need to get some rest. Can I borrow your book? <laughs> she says that book can be dangerous, hon. I'm going to need to hold on to it. Worth a shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, Walter hangs out long enough to make sure she at least gets into the building and, you know, is safe in that regard. And then takes it from there. Maybe a deep breath and a sigh. Mm, what do we do about Lenny? Uh, do you think he would have gone back to the uh, the motel in West Philly? Or do you want to just go back to uh, my place? I don't know. Maybe we should drive where... I Like, I saw the direction he went in. I mean, I don't... I don't know. Maybe we could go down and look for him. I doubt he's going to go to the hotel because he thinks I'm a snake. Yeah, good point. Well, put it this way. Heather, you saw him, like, hobble run away disappear across the street and then you guys went to center city from you know university city so you might have lost i mean you definitely lost sight of him okay and where he might be going you can take your time to drive around trying to look for him but you guys feel like that might be a little futile uh thinking back did lenny at least take his um crutch or is he just like hobbling around you see his crutch uh, was left in Raquel's okay. office. Yeah. I think we should call Thompson and let him know that Ooh. Lenny's missing. I mean, if Lenny trusts him, Lenny doesn't trust anybody. Yeah, good point. I don't think he's the most trustworthy guy, but he seems to care about where Lenny and his co-workers are. So maybe he could help find him. Uh, well, I mean, it might be better if he found him before other police officers did. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. In our travels, are there any payphones that we pass that we can just pull over and use? Of course. Of course. There's payphones. Uh, you're downtown. There's plenty of payphones. One on almost uh, every other corner. Um, yeah, I think uh, we're still probably in the Rittenhouse Park area, right? So uh, maybe just park mm-hmm. and uh, hoof it a few. Find a payphone somewhere. Oh, yeah, you find a, find a payphone easily there. Uh, uh, when I wrote down Thompson's number, did I know if it was his office or personal number? I forget if I made any notes. It was his office. Okay. Well, darn it. Uh, that uh, kind of stinks. Um, but I guess if nothing else, uh, maybe it's good to leave him a message, so I dial it up. 
All right, so you call his number and you get an answering machine. And it just says, uh, hello, you've reached Detective Luke Thompson. Please leave a message and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Beep. Uh, hey, Officer Thompson, Detective, um, this is Walter Pendergast. Um, we had spoken some time ago uh, about something unrelated. I uh, just uh, wanted to reach out to you. Um, uh, a mutual friend of ours has gone AWOL. And uh, I thought it might be better for you to know sooner than later. Um, I'll try to call back again soon. Thanks. Click. You hang up. So you left that message for Tom. I forgot all about the manhunt, the APB that, that could mm-hmm. be back mm-hmm. on any minute. Oh, no. Yeah. That's why I was thinking it'd be better that Thompson knew sooner than later, just in case. And it's good you didn't say on the message where we were then. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, mm-hmm. call this mm-hmm. place. Well, I mean, I, I think I gave him a business card, so he should know how to get in touch with me one way or the other. But right, without giving up yeah. too much information to anybody else who might be listening, you know. Right. And seeing as how uh, he's seen Leonard and uh, Walter together before, hopefully he'll put the mutual friend part together. Maybe he'll put the pieces together. We'll find mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what do you guys do now, Heather and Walter? Uh, do you go home? Uh, yeah. Sleep? I, I, mean, think, uh, I think we should probably go back to my place. If nothing else, I mean, it's possible Lenny might go back to his place. I hope not, but... Um, you know, we could at least check up on whether or not his place is still being watched and uh, maybe get you an ice pack for that head there. He kind of looks back at the uh, the welt <laughs> again. I wonder if Lenny had the keys to Krusty Bottom's car. He did. Oh, shit. <laughs> he did. As long as I got my pump sprayer, I'm safe. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> got all kinds of cold water. Ain't no snakes going to get me. I'm going to live in this car. It's going to be very, like, Grand Theft Auto. Uh, wait a minute. What What day of the week is it? I forget. It is very, very early Friday. Wee hours of Friday morning. Oh, that's right. And you called out of work tonight. Uh, so much for that. Say, uh, gosh. Uh, is there any of that uh, Tullamore Dew left? I think I could use a drink after tonight. Sure, sure. You still got some left. I mean, probably like a quarter of the bottle. <laughs> he knows that Heather gets thirsty from time to time. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Very thirsty. Uh, so, yeah, I guess, um, you know, keep our eyes peeled just in case Lenny happens to be in the area. But otherwise, just kind of carefully make it our, making our way back to uh, my place. And uh, first off, I would look to see if there's anybody watching Lenny's place. All right. Uh, you go... As you approach your home, you drive down your street, park up. Basically, you found the only parking spot on the street right now. Every other spot, it looks like it's all taken up. As you look out front of Lenny's house, you do see that there are a couple cars there. Uh, are you going to go and inspect these cars? No, no. Or... I'm just, uh, I was thinking if there's any car running like last time, if there's like an exhaust that's hot. You know, it's pumping out into you the don't, night. You don't see any, like, exhaust heat. You don't hear any car Is running. Is there a right marquee there? 
<laughs> Isn't that what it was? No, that was the Brown. car that hit him. I think that was uh, complete. Oh, wait. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. You're Mm-mm. right. You're right. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, he, he tries to play it cool. He's not trying to draw any attention to him, especially. But um, just in passing, you know, he takes a look down the street. Gotcha. And then locks the door behind him. Once him and Heather are in. All right, so you guys have a little drink and uh, get her some ice. Uh, I guess crash for the night. Um, I was going to ask Walter if we should go look in his windows, in Lenny's windows, like maybe in the back, to see if he's there. <laughs> uh, Walter looks very uneasy at that suggestion. He says, "I don't, I don't think that's a good idea." I mean. Yeah, it's okay. I'm dizzy. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's no connection between Lenny and us right now. We, we probably want to keep it that way. For our own safety. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Maybe I'll just lay down. That's what you do when you have a head wound, right? Yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah. Go to sleep little... right after. <laughs> no, you didn't have a major wound or anything, so I'm not. Go- I'm going to say you don't have a concussion. Okay. I'm just going to lay on the couch. He, you see him uh, pour like a, you know, like one of them scotch glasses halfway full of whiskey. He says, uh, "You want any?" Okay. Yes. And he pours too. All right, so you guys share a drink. Uh, go to bed. Yeah. Or did you do anything else uh, past twelve thirty in the morning? Um. No, I guess not. I'm going to sleep. I gotta get a hit point back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think from upstairs, I'll, you know, go to the front windows and kind of survey the street a little better, you know, like just kind of pull the curtain aside, just a little crack. So you wouldn't really be able to tell from the outside, but I can still kind of see outside from where I am. And, uh, does it, or do I see anybody sitting in their cars around Lenny's place? It's tough to tell from this. Are you on the second floor? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, tough to tell from up there. And even if you were on the first floor, you might have to get a little closer to the car to see if there's anyone in there. All right. Well, no biggie. I mean, he probably just watched for a moment. If it doesn't look like anybody's tossing a lit cigarette butt out the window or something, he's probably just going to nope. leave it at that. Nope. Don't see anything like that. Well, I would say uh, Walter feels a little, little defeated. He's probably not in the most positive mind frame right now. A little disappointed and uh, the things that went down, both with uh, Raquel kind of uh, losing her her strength there um, and also uh, losing our buddy Lenny there to whatever horrors plague his mind currently. And like going through all of that, losing Lenny and that yeah. bitch passes out breaks the circle and we can't even ask him the questions that i wrote down <laughs> i mean oh yeah oh no <laughs> that part he might actually be kind of relieved find out a little bit yeah from that so i mean yeah. he's not so much disappointed about that but it would have been nicer if we could have asked more but i mean raymond was pretty straight to the point with the information he gave mm-hmm. us so that's definitely pretty helpful he probably goes to sleep right. dwelling on those thoughts all right, so you guys don't have easy nights of sleep, uh, weird dreams, not none of your like repeat, repeating ones there, Heather, but just odd dreams of like Lenny and punching you and, and Walter. You're having dreams. You're having dreams remembering Millie, who had turned into a Wendigo, and you're nightmaring over that. Hmm. And you guys keep waking up in the middle of the night, just not having a good rest. Damn. And. 
eventually, it is Friday morning. What time do you guys wake up, wake up? Uh, I would say Walter is going to be pushing it pretty late today. Um, he'd probably be getting up like 11, quarter after maybe. Like just enough time okay. to freshen up and get to work on time. Yeah, sounds about right. I'll probably just wake up when he's getting up because I'll hear, like hear him okay. and you said we're only like half asleep anyway. Yeah, yeah. You hear him uh, getting up, brushing his teeth and uh, Walter comes down. From the stairs, uh, around you know ten after eleven, and you're there. And Walter, are you heading to work? I was thinking that, yeah. So Heather, what are you doing? Uh, I'm gonna just hang out because I'm gonna. I have work too. Tonight you do, yeah. Yeah. At the fire. So I'm just gonna like, I guess, hang at your place if you don't mind, and shower and try to Sounds cover good. this up. Oh, yeah, actually, how does it look now? Does she have a big bruise there? Yeah, there's a bruise, definitely. Yeek. Oops. Nice big old black and blue mark on the side of your head. Yeah, he's definitely taken back by that. Builds character. Listen, it won't be the first time. It kind of, like, blows my cover of my fake cough the previous night. Or at least it, yeah. g- it might give it a uh, maybe more of a, a reason for faking a cough. Yeah. You know, maybe you're trying to hide something. I fell down some stairs. I, I didn't want to tell you last night, but uh, door hit me. Yeah, walked into a door, then fell down some stairs. Don't look at me. I'm an animal. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> well, I guess uh, Walter says, uh, yeah, of course. I guess um, you know, just lock the place up when you're done, and uh, I guess I'll check in with you at some point later on. Uh, maybe I'll stop by the fireside if I haven't seen you before then. Yeah. Alright, so Walter, you go to work. Heather. Mm-hmm. You had an idea earlier uh, about maybe calling that flower shop. Oh, yeah. Definitely. All right. So you're going to make a little long-distance call from Walter's house? That's the move. That's how I roll. All right. I don't think you have the number for that place, but you do know the name for it. So you call information Mm -hmm. because there's not a Delaware phone book at Walter's house. So you'd have to call information who will then connect you long distance to uh, Yuki's flower shop. Mm-hmm. And you call there, you hear a pickup, and you hear, Hello, flowers by Yuki. Oh, hello. Um, I was just uh, inquiring about, I was wondering if you were interested, I also sell flowers, if you have any interest in a some black lotus that I found. Give me a psychology roll. Okay. Yes. 15. I have 51. You. Oh, nice. Nice. All right. So when you ask this, there's a long pause. You hear her over the phone say to you, there is no such thing as a black lotus. Um... And you can tell mm-hmm. that with that pause and the way she's talking, she seems like she's lying to you. And she says, if, if you would have such a, such a rare thing that I, I've never even heard of, you know, I would, I would love to see it. I think we both know there's a such thing as Black Lotus. Ooh, I got this from my friend, tour. 
Joey. I can't remember his last name, but I do remember his last name when I'm saying it. His father is Chucky. Yeah. Okay. She says, um, she says to you, I don't know who either of those people are. And with that one, and because you had that extreme pass, that answer seemed more truthful. So she says she doesn't know who Skinny Joey or Chucky are. And, you know, that one. That one doesn't seem like a lie to you. Okay. She goes, I would, uh, I would love to see this flower if, if you have one. Okay. Um, and you're located in Delaware? Yes, we're in Wilmington. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Please stop by with your flower anytime you'd like. And she gives you the address of the place. Okay, I'll definitely be there. And she asks, is there anything else I can help you out with? Oh, I don't know if you've heard of the other things that I'm talking about. (laughs) You probably never heard of them. You probably never heard of them since you haven't heard of this Black Lotus, but I can always call somewhere else and see if I could unload them there. Hmm. Them? Well, I have a couple. A couple? For now, until I sell them. Oh, well, please, could you bring more than just one? I might be interested in buying them all. Well, I mean, it's a non-existent flower, so how are you going to identify it? She says, I've just never heard of it. Never heard of such a thing. If you have one, I'd be very interested in seeing it. Okay, I'll be in touch um, if I don't sell it in the next two days. I have some other people I can go through. She goes, well, I would hope you would choose to show it to me, but if you have to sell to someone else, that makes sense. I mean, you have to make a dollar, and I guess it would go to the highest bidder. Well, I'm just trying to get it off my hands. trying to take a trip to Alaska, so I'll just... uh. I'm in Philadelphia. I don't really have the time to go there right now. So if I could sell it to, there's plenty of flower shops in Philadelphia that might be interested. She says to you, well, if you do have something that is so rare that I've never even heard of it, and I have quite a bit of experience in horticulture, I would be willing to pay top dollar for it if you could just bring it here and show it to me. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I'll be awaiting you. Can I expect you today, tomorrow, anytime? I don't know. I have some meetings today to some people down in the city who might also pay top dollar. So I'll just give you a call. Let me know what they offer you. And I'm sure I could exceed it. Okay. All right. So she goes, uh, well, it was nice talking to you. Hope to see you soon. And that interesting flower you have. And she hangs up with you. 
had no hey. idea what to do. I had no idea what to say. How am I gonna sweat bullets? Get her to admit that she's seen it. Maybe she ain't seen it. I mean, she definitely did. I know she's well, lying, but how do I get her to? Well, in that she doesn't seem to know Chucky and Joey, she may have kind of pointed the finger because we only know of two different, you know, people that have had this, and if <gasps> one of them wasn't. Oh Chucky my god! And Joey, I forgot about that. I'm gonna punch my microphone across the room. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear thump real loud. Oh my god. Okay, whatever. It's not like, you know, I can just call her back long distance and off her phone. You always can. I mean, you want to call her back now? Yes. I'm, I mean, I can't. Sounds like you already did a little sleuthing. I can't do it when Walter's home. <laughs> I can't go making long distance calls when he's... Well, you do, you do have the number now. At least you don't have to call information. <laughs> True. Um, and it was what's-his-face that... Why can't I remember? What's the guy that talks like this? <laughs> oh, brightly. Sorry, sometimes I just. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, I'm calling her back. Did the ghost say brightly right. at one point too? Right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you call back and you hear "Hello, flowers" by Yuki. Hi, I just talked to you about the uh, non-existent flower. Um, I don't think you're going to be able to top this price. Uh, a friend of a friend, Raymond, uh... Nope. Nope. Rutherford. Rutherford Brightly, sorry, uh, is very interested in this, and, uh, he's told me not to disclose the price that he has. Um, this is going to sound weird, but give me an intimidate roll. <laughs> I feel like Heather's, like, the least intimidating person ever, but maybe on the phone. Maybe on the phone. Blown on the dice. No. 44. What's that? 44. I don't have um, anything in it, so that's 15. Okay. I mean, that's a lot of luck. All right, so she says to you, well, how much did they offer you for it? Uh, half a million dollars <laughs> each. I don't know. It's the 80s. I don't understand money back then. $100. Says that is an exorbitant price. I don't think I'd be able to top that, actually. Well, she said he said something about it being able to change the future, so I don't know mm. what he's going to do with it, but... Nice. All right. So... You, well, you already had the extreme pass on the psychology. Um, it seems to you, like, at this point, she's almost fucking with you. Yeah. It does seem like you're fucking with me on your... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that she knows about them. Okay. And you have a suspicion that they may be in her store at this point. Can I ask her if she can contact him? Like, why don't why don't okay. you contact Rutherford brightly? Because I want to gauge if she knows him. Oh, good one. Uh, give me a fast talk roll. Ooh. So many rolls in this often. game. I mean, I'm very nervous. Okay. 46, and I have 
Um, I have 20. I'll use 26 mm. points. Is that too much? Will you? Jesus Ooh, Christ. Man. All right. Hey. That's a baller move right around. there. All right, Jake. Try to push it. Then I can't use luck if I push it. That's true. You can't spend luck at that point. That's a trap. Um, hey, you can't take him with you, right? Can't take him with you. All right. So, with that fast talk roll, you hear her go, oh, I, I, I lost his number. Do you have it for me? I would love to call him. Well, I don't really feel comfortable giving away someone else's number. I mean, he told me that if, if you were who he thought I was talking to, that you would know him. She says, well, I do know him, but I don't. And she stops for a second. And she goes, I don't know what he has to do with any of this. He's, he's bought a few rare flowers from me, but nothing black for sure. Listen, lady, I don't know. I don't know how you know him or how he knows you. I'm just saying what he told me. <laughs> they made it. They made the lotus with the other one. I knew it. So she says to you, well, um, I'm sure I can find his number somewhere then. I will look forward to seeing you, though. Okay. Great. <laughs> she says, okay. Thank you very much for calling again. Bye. Bye. Damn, plot thickens. What if they sacrificed Raymond to make the Lotus Black? <laughs> um, but that's where we're going to end the episode. Everyone, thanks for listening. And remember, until next time, that sanity is overrated. And Black Lotuses don't exist. Bye, many. Hey, this is George. Just a quick reminder to like, follow, and review us if you like what you're hearing. And if you want to support us and make our show better, head on over to our Patreon. You can always email us at contact at thatcthulhujohn.com with any comments. And you can follow us on Instagram at thatcthulhujohn.